Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 now. Just before we go off to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline uh, to talk to John Shannon, former D-man Marcus, text the show on our Ashley Fine Floors text line regarding the potential of a 2014 playoff and Edmonton play in Chicago. Bob, either the Oilers are ready to win in the playoffs or they won't be. Worst case scenario, they crap the bed and lose to Chicago. Would Edmonton then be in the draft lottery? Best case scenario is they become uh, galvanized as a team and have a strong playoff run. The real tragedy is that we won't be seeing Calgary at Edmonton in the first round. Uh, this was a possibility before. Now uh, it's only a withered dream. Uh, that comes to us from former D-man Mark. And again, there's no ideal setup. Uh, some would say the problem with this scenario uh, versus the 20-team play-in, and we know why they've done the 24 teams, uh, to be inclusive of Montreal, New York, and Chicago. Uh, but one of the problems with the 20-team scenario is it doesn't lend credence to what's already occurred during the course of the season and the importance of divisional play. And homeschooler Doug, because we talked a bit about the uh, fact that Vegas, Vancouver, and Edmonton kind of competing against one another. Bob, casinos are set to open June 4th in Vegas, says Doug. I'm thinking it'd be very risky to contain 12, 12 NHL teams and personnel under that scenario, even if they can create a bubble in one or two hotels from homeschool or Doug. Okay, well, I, I don't know when they're actually set to reopen in Vegas. I'll take your word on that. Let's bring aboard John Shannon, our NHL insider. John, how was your weekend? I know this isn't the voice you're looking for. I can't get a hold of John right now, my friend. Oh, Ryan. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hope everything's okay with John. He's usually uh, pretty good. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll just keep reading some texts at 780-496-0063. Bob, I feel educated today pontificating. I admit I had to look it up to see if it was a real word. Uh, all is good. Thus, I've been educated from Dennis. Dennis, one thing about uh, sport talk radio and about hockey shows and things like that, you are going to come across times where words get made up. Einstein's brain says, uh, Bob, both hub cities have to be in the same country or there would be a two-week quarantine when they come together for the final. Well, who knows where we're going to be at, you know, late August, early September. That would be my response. Again, this situation is fluid. Bob, I still say engrave COVID-19 on the cup and get ready for next season. This hodgepodge seems shady to me. Dollar, 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 dollar. Well, I mean, hey, in fairness, part of it is recuperation of some dollars and and make good so that the NHL doesn't lose 1.2 to 1.4 billion for this past season. Keep texting us at 780-496-0063. This text says, Bob, surely you jest. League isn't interested in returning next year without fans. Unlikely to have a vaccine by December, so I'm quite concerned. Please elaborate. 
Well, I didn't say the league isn't interested. I'd say there's going to be some partners in the league that want fans. I mean, for a lot of the organizations in the NHL, uh, all the things that come with fans make up, you know, anywhere from 50 to 70% of their revenue. Not everybody's the New York Rangers or the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of television revenue on their regional deals. So keep that in mind. Like San Jose makes a significantly less because of their deal. The Oilers' deal is up with uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. Bad time for that to be up. Uh, no guaranteed. Brendan, how's it going? Have we got uh, John yet? Still working away? We're still working away. Well, don't know what's going on there. Uh, Dave says, hey, Bob, are the play-ins for the best of uh you know in the 24 playoffs so again in that situation the top four teams in the uh, in each of the two conferences would have a bye and then playoffs the rest of the way are the playoffs best of three or best of five from dave I, you know what i don't 100 percent know i and i think that's still up in the air personally for me i, I i'm thinking there's no way they can do less um there's no way they can do less than best of five Another texter asks, Bob, 60-40 which way? Can't get much closer than 50-50, kind of like walking the fence. I, well, I, I'm, I'm at 60-40 that we're going to end up playing here. 60-40 that we're going to play. Again, this is Champions Week. We're going to have Craig Simpson coming down the pipe today at 105. This text comes in from Brew Crew on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, best Oilers Cups. After watching the Michael Jordan series, each championship has a huge story and it's hard to win. That's why I love it when it happens. I remember Hugh Campbell after five great cups and his perspective that winning and losing are so close that a little edge makes the difference. Best Cups for me, 1984, due to Grant Fuhrer's injury. 1990, as Gretzky was there. Gretzky is no Gretzky, and uh, Bill Ranford was huge. Loved Wayne, but loved Lord Stanley more. Uh, and Brew Crew adds, by the way, Bob, uh, you guys have done well with the winners now during the shutdown here. Go winners for Brew Crew. Well, thank you for the positive reinforcement. Uh, well, 1990, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers won that series against Boston in five games. They outscored the Bruins 20-8 in the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, Boston never scored more than two goals in one game. Tells you a lot right there. Tells you a lot. Brendan, just let me know when we're good to go here. Because I keep hearing kickback on the line, by the way. Um, Brendan, you there? Yes, sir. Without John Shannon. <laughs> Still without Johnny. Eh? Okay. Well, well, fire the coach. It's let me just see uh, what's what's happening here, because now I'm getting text. Uh, Bob, what is this texter comes in? What does a Stanley Cup celebration look like in Edmonton when the Oilers win the cup with the bars closed and social distancing in place? My response to that, to Paul, would be that's you know deal with that hurdle when it comes. If the Oilers could be fortunate enough. To uh, to be the team that ultimately wins in a 24-team playoff, we'll deal with that at that time. 
In the uh, RP says, Bob, read the statement pretty clear. The executive board of the NHL uh, Hockey Players Association has authorized further negotiations on a 2014 return to play format to determine the winner of the 22, uh, 2020 Stanley Cup. Several details remain to be negotiated on an agreement on the format that would still be subject to the parties reaching the agreement. That one comes to us from RP. Yeah. They've agreed to continue negotiating moving forward. Fair comment. And still lots of work to have uh, to happen, including what happens with the uh, pod. Uh, you can keep Texas at 780-496-0063. Bob, can somebody explain why players returning to North America would have to quarantine for 14 days? Why can't they simply be tested for the virus? Well, again, it, it sounds like the United States, based on what came out on Saturday, uh, I think it was either late Friday, early Saturday, totally opening up and making a special caveat for professional athletes, specifically in a number of sports, including uh, the NBA and the NHL. Canada has not followed suit, and some, including maybe left-leaning, would suggest that this is a political move uh, by Donald Trump. Here's what we're going to do. It's 1242 in Edmonton. We're going to take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Well, in the uh, per- proverbial terminology or sports jargon, uh, situation is fluid. That's what's taking place right now. You're listening to Oilers Now. Again, we're, we're going to have Craig Simpson coming down the pipe at 105 to talk a bit about uh, what we're dubbed, uh, what we are dubbing Champions Week here. Uh, yesterday, was the anniversary of the Oilers' impressive 1990 Stanley Cup championship. Tomorrow will be the 1988 Stanley Cup championship, the anniversary of those. And uh, we'll have some other guests coming up later in the week as uh, the Oilers on the 30th and 31st of May. Uh, those are the anniversaries of their Stanley Cup championships in 1985 and 1987. John Shannon worked a bunch of those events. We negotiated contact with John. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, before we get to the nuts and bolts of what we know and don't know uh, regarding uh, the, the return to play, uh, do you have, uh, and you were around for all those championship years, uh, and, and in many respects very a lot closer to the season most people recognize in your role as a, a producer. Yeah. What, what are your... How surprising was the Oilers' 1990 Stanley Cup championship? The anniversary was yesterday, uh, 30 years ago uh, yesterday. Well, I mean, if, if the fact that it was uh, without Wayne, uh, and it, in many ways it was an affirmation of Marc Messier as a leader, that to me was the biggest thing. Uh, and then when you consider that... Uh, it wasn't Grant Fuhr in goal, and it was Billy Ranford, and it wasn't Glenn Sather behind the bench. It was John Muckler. Uh, it was, it, it, in so many ways, it was a team that uh, we we knew as individuals, all everybody could 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 work together. But as a team, it was unbelievable. And I, I, I mean, those games in Boston when it was so hot, uh, to me, that was a, that was a big part of the success of that franchise and how they were able to get past it. And a guy like Kevin Lowe, who, let's face it, had been through there from the beginning, and that was his fifth Stanley Cup. And for Kevin, who still hasn't received the recognition of being in the Hall of Fame that he deserves, and then having his number retired, 
at uh, at Rogers Rogers Place. Uh, to me, that team in many ways was probably more satisfying for a lot of the guys around the club than any of the others. Well, I've, I've said before, you know, I don't think it's necessarily the best Oilers team, but you know what? They were pretty damn good in the final that year. I mean, they outscored the Bruins 20-8. to they, they won games 7-2 to and 4-1 in Boston. One, one, you know, they lost the 2-1 game where John Bice scored 10 seconds in a game three at Edmonton, but the, the Oilers won 5-1. Like, they blew yeah. the Bruins out three of the, the four victories in that series. Boston never scored more than two goals in a game, John, in the 1990s. You know, and and well, that, told you how, uh, that told you how great uh, Billy was through that run. Uh, yeah. and, 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 a, and a team... It's, it's funny, Bob, you, you, you talk about that. A team that never got credit for playing defense. Yeah. Uh, and that blue line, how many how many times did that blue line do such great things uh, when you consider, uh, you know, the, the names of those players? I mentioned Kevin, but uh, you mentioned all the others like Huddy and... Uh, and I mean, to me, that was that was that was a spectacular spectacular team uh, that d- doesn't get the credit, other than in many ways being the Cinderella Stanley Cup champion for the Oilers. Yeah, uh, twelve and three, by the way, in their final three playoff series. All right, let's get right to it, John. You're an NHL insider. It was kind of a busy weekend. Uh, first of all, can you explain to our listeners what the NHL PA vote means? What does it really mean in terms of, uh, you know, dealing with the ongoing situation with the National Hockey League and the Players Association? What I think it means is that there's an affirmation and a, and a belief in the players that they want to play in the summer. Uh, and that's the first, that's really the first step. Uh, we're, we're, there's still a long way to go, uh, but any doubt, that, uh, any doubt that we had that the players wanted to come back to finish the season uh, for whatever reason you want. I mean, a lot of them have already been paid all but one check. Uh, all of them have gone back to their uh, their summer residences. Uh, but when the vote's 29 to 2 uh, for the teams, they all want to play the game. And, they want, and they're prepared to sacrifice their part of their summer and be sequestered away from their family in order to play it. So that's the first step in, in, in what I see the PA agreeing to. Uh, I have been told by some players that are currently not members of the Edmonton Oilers that their their vision was more towards the twenty team plan or the twenty two uh, twenty team model, less so to the twenty four version. And part of the sort of perspective that a couple of players presented to me is in that model, uh, divisional situations would be emphasized. Uh, you know, sort of what the teams had already accomplished to that point have been emphasized. And Edmonton and Toronto both would have already been in the 16-team playoff. Obviously, we're talking 7 versus 10, 8 versus 9. This was the model that you and me discussed. I looked it up uh, back on March the uh, 17th, John. Yeah. We, dis- we discussed this 20-team version. And, and, and so the question I have for you, do you agree or disagree with the statement that the 24-team the version that the league is proposing is done in large part because of the importance of New York, Chicago, uh, and Montreal in terms of their hold overall in the National Hockey League uh, from a television viewership potential perspective and because of the money that those organizations bring in and the importance of those teams? I think it's 
factor, Bob. I mean, it would be, be silly to sit, sit here and say that they're in on merit completely. Um, but at the same time, what we're going to see, and I don't want to get too technical, what we're going to see is this play-in tournament is not going to be necessarily on national television. Not every game is going to be on national television. There's going to be some regional broadcasters allowed to do games uh, in this in this uh, situation, particularly in the United States, uh, which is why you know, Madison Square Garden Network and uh, NBC Sports Network in Chicago, they're important factors in all this. And, and teams now, teams don't have to refund money uh, to their local rights holders as well in uh, in this in this situation. So. They're, they're, what they're trying to do by going to 2014 is appease as many partners as possible. Uh, and it just so happens that the Rangers, the Canadians, and Blackhawks uh, are those three of those teams on that bubble. Can you educate our listeners on the range of what you think some of the regional deals might be for TV money brought in? for, say, a smaller market team like Carolina versus a large market franchise like uh, a Toronto, a New York, or maybe a Montreal or Chicago? Well, I mean, Montreal's a million dollars a game, Bob, on a regional basis. A million dollars a game. Uh, Carolina's, Carolina's number, and I don't have the exact number, but... Uh, my memory serves me. The Carolina deal might be between 16 and 20 million for the season. So we're we're talking a, a, a big dollar figure, particularly for the high-profile teams. And and it, it's difficult to even figure out what the Rangers number is because MSG Network and the Rangers are owned by the same company. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a real. I, I didn't realize Montreal. I mean, Montreal has a. They've got a, a market of 8 million people in the province of Quebec where they are the sole proprietor at this time. And there's a lot of people that think that they're not really that interested in sharing the market if there were ever to be a potential return to Quebec City. And I'm not sure that would... I'm one of would, those guys. I'm one of those guys, Bob. I truly believe that Jeff Molson is saying one thing, that he would welcome the Nordiques back. But in reality, he's not really prepared to give up that part of his market. Well, remember, we had the uh, the beer boycott in uh, in Edmonton. Going back, right, you're laughing at this, but you know exactly what I'm talking about when the Oilers were trying to get it into the NHL. Uh, the Canadians, which were then owned by Molson, weren't that interested in sharing uh, some TV money at that time. Were they national TV money? And then there was a bit of a beer boycott. Suddenly they flipped. Uh, they flipped their vote. John Shannon joining us. So you want to go anyway, ahead and just, add it? Up? Well, just the fact that Edmonton Oilers, their first five years in the NHL, did not share in the network television revenue. So I mean, Molson in the end agreed to let them in, but they weren't given the money for at least five years. And within five years, they're in the Stanley Cup. Correct. So we're the champion. <laughs> you know what? You just told me something. I are you? You got to be kidding me! They're nope. sitting there all in the eighty. 80- teams, all four teams that came in in nineteen seventy nine did not get network revenue from Canada uh, until five years had passed. I never knew that. That is, ladies unbe- and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we have have an epiphany. 
We have told Bob Stauffer something he didn't know. Mark this day down. This is as, almost as big as the Oilers winning a cup whatever year ago it was. Yeah, uh, John, the older I get, the more the older I get, the more I... The, the, the older I get, the more I realize, the less I know. And uh, I, I, I will also tell you that when I, uh, when I load up on my gout uh, medication, because maybe I had a couple Caesars on the weekend, gets me every time. Uh, I, f- I feel that as well, and, and I have difficulties concentrating during the course of the show. Uh, I'm at 60-40 now for a potential return to play for the NHL. Would you care to uh, handicap this from your perspective? I'll go the other way, 40-60. You still, oh, you're not convinced this is going to happen then? Not yet. Fair comment. We got to get to phase three. We got to get to phase three, Bob. We got to get to teams and camps open. Uh, phase two is, this phase two, which really is phase one. I don't care what they say. But phase two is really the guys can skate. Uh, I, we got to get the camps open before I think we start believing that something's going to happen. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I just got a texter coming in saying, Bob, everybody knew about, or even I know about the TV money, said Cactus Jack. This is kind of like Alabama losing to Vanderbilt. You not knowing this, that's how much of an upset that is. Wow. Uh, And by the way, I do, and I've already mentioned on the show today, John, I'm keeping my eye on what happens in the Southeastern Conference in football. Uh, Florida, which which as a state... You know what? You're, you're doing what the president does. When he's wrong, he changes topics. It's unbelievable. Nope. Oh, no, no. I'm often wrong. And I, my wife never lets me change the topics when, uh, when we're having a discussion, uh, and I'm wrong. You know how that works. Uh, but, no, like, I, you know, I look at the Southeast and their passion for college football and the yeah. mindset of a lot of the people and the fans in those states and want I don't see anybody telling them they can't have fans in the stands in the fall. Okay, I mean Florida. Is... I, I think it's still too. De- I think it's still to be determined. I really yeah. do. I, oh, I think it's still ab- too. Absolutely, TBA. But if there's any conference or any sport, uh, sporting event that's going to push it, it might be the Southeast. That's just the nature of the people down there combined with their passion for the sport. All right, so you're at forty sixty. Uh, our NHL insider John Shannon, tell me this. We keep hearing about these pods. There's going to be competition in a perfect way. They've talked safety, 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 but is money going to talk as well? Hypothetically, if Vegas rolls in and says, you know what, 12 NHL teams, you got free hotels and free tests, is that going to get factored into the equation? Well, I mean, I think money has to be put into that equation, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think in the end it has to go for the first thing has to be is be able to facilitate in the arena and back of house, you know, six dressing rooms, 12 practice rooms. Where's the ice to practice on the off day? What are you doing for my teams on the off day? You know, how are we going to house minor officials and referees? The logistic list of this thing grows, I think, Bob, every day, every day. It doesn't, it, it gets bigger because People think, well, what about this and what about that? And you go, well, yeah, we have to have that. We have to have that. What, how do you house broadcasters? How do you house the, you know, I mean, there is, the list is so long and so, and, and I think so incomplete at this point. And I trust the people in the NHL and the teams to discuss it and try to get the list as complete as possible. But I think it's changing every day. John, as always, we appreciate your time. We'll hook up later in the week. 
Okay, Bob. Talk to you soon. Yep, 12.59 at Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy. Our headliner, Craig Simpson, on Champions Week when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.